George Miller finally dropped a Mad Max Furiosa trailer. Aquaman is tracking for a rough Christmas weekend, and Beyonce's Renaissance Tour film is destroying at the box office. Let's get into this week's movie news on Raiders of the Lost podcast. After nearly 10 years, we finally got the trailer for Mad Max Furiosa, and it did not disappoint. We're re-entering the world of George Miller's fantastical dystopian scape with a new cast. We get Young and Morton Joe. We're getting Hemsworth. So hot in this. (laughs) (laughs) Hemsworth with a huge fake nose. And Anya Taylor-Joy as a young Furiosa. It looks absolutely fantastic, dynamic, insane, and action-heavy. And I gotta say, Hemsworth looks like he might put in the performance of his career. It looks like like his most interesting role. And I remember seeing an interview with him, I believe when he was doing press for Thor 11 Thunder, he got asked about Furiosa, and he said it's the most rewarding and most exciting experience I've ever had on a movie set. He said it's the performance he's most proud of in his career. I'm I'm very excited for it. And the fake nose, it's reminiscent of Matt Damon in Ocean's 13. (laughs) The nose plays. The nose nose plays. plays. But it looks absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to see this on the biggest screen possible, the sound. His character's name is Dementis. Yeah, so he actually talked about the character. They did a whole huge Q&A with Hemsworth and Anya Taylor-Joy as an event for releasing the film in front of a huge crowd. Like It looked like it was a lot of fun. And Hemsworth said about Dementis, he's a complicated individual, the character I play. He's very violent, insane, a brutal person who was born from the wasteland, which is the world in which the Mad Max saga obviously takes place, and he's a product of his environment. There's an intensity to him. As I said, there's a brutality as well, but he has been birthed into a space where it's kill or be killed, and he's learned to rule with an iron fist. There's a charisma to him, and it's a very manipulative charisma. This is something that we talked about a lot in this film, which was in order to have people follow this character, there needs to be something to latch onto. So he has the answers as far as, here's the answers for your problems, here's the individual that you need to blame. Follow me, and I will lead you to a higher ground. So it was a lot of fun to play with something very different than I had ever experienced before as an actor. I can't wait. It looks awesome. We love Fury Road. It's one of the most cinematic, incredible cinematic experiences Mm -hmm. we've had this century. So I'm so excited to get back into that world and George Miller's insane mind. It's going to be exciting stuff. Another great piece of news that we found out this week was the new lineup for Actors on Actors. Oh, so yeah. This is the, the Variety. So yeah. Variety gets really huge actors, and they interview each other, basically. Talk about the films that ha- they are most known for that year. And they tease the lineup with uh, one of those Barbenheimer memes of the pink and purple house next to that black house. And, and that's what Variety tweeted, like, lineup revealed tomorrow. And I was like, oh, my God, is it going to be Killian Murphy and Margot Robbie together? Mm-hmm. And, yes, Killian Murphy and Margot Robbie are going to be in their lineup together. Then we have Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo for, obviously, Oppenheimer Poor Things. Emily Blunt and Anne Hathaway for Oppenheimer and Eileen. The return of Devil Wears Prada right there. Reunion. <laughs> That's going to be a yeah. lot of fun. They had a couple of reunions in Ruffalo and Downey, obviously. Halle Bailey and Rachel Zegler for, obviously, Little Mermaid, Purple, The Color Purple, and then Hunger Games. Emma Stone and Bradley Cooper. For Poor Things in Maestro, Bradley Cooper is a great image. He's just, like, waving like a little kid. <laughs> I love how he's, like, he's so excited yeah. to be there. <laughs> and Emma Stone just, like, very, like, <laughs> I love all reserved. the actors. Actors have, like, very, like, styled clothing. And then, and then Bradley Cooper's just wearing a sweater and jeans. Like, Bradley yeah, Cooper, he man. doesn't care. Uh, Coleman Domingo and Jacob Elordi for Rustin, obviously. And then Priscilla Saltburn. Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. Michael Fassbender in The Killer. That's going to be a good one as well. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey Wright with Taraji P. Henson. Obviously, American Fiction comes out in December. Very excited about that. And then Taraji for The Color Purple. Greta Lee and Andrew Scott. That's going to be an excellent one as well. So hot right now. Past Lives and All of Us Strangers. Annette Benning 
and Julianne Moore. Hmm. Awesome stuff right there with Neon in May, December. Natalie Portman with Paul Meskel for May, December, and then All of Us Strangers. Alden Einrich and uh, Devine Joy Randolph. She's in The Holdovers, then Alden was in Fair Play in Oppenheimer this year. So what an incredible lineup. These start to air starting January 11th. And I love them. I always watch them. They're always great yeah. interviews to check out. I'll, I'll probably watch them on YouTube once they're all released. The Killian Margot one is going to fucking destroy the internet. The view count is going to be absurd. How, like the organization of that, they're like, we got to get them together. I know. Those two. It's so cool that they're doing it together, but also they kind of played to the the Barbenheimer meme with their wardrobe. Killian's yeah. in all black, and then Margot's wearing she's pink. She's got a touch of pink yeah, on it. Yeah, she's got a pink shirt and pink uh, heels on. So yeah. it's like, I love it. They're having fun with it. It's It's going to be a really great series of interviews. I can't wait. I always enjoy watching them every year. Yeah, that and sounds then, great. And then we'll get the director's roundtables and the writer's roundtables, which are always great interviews and conversations. Looking forward to it. Moving on. Now, there's something weird going on with modern marketing of a few musicals. So all of the musicals coming out this year... So we have Wonka, Mean Girls, and then The Color Purple. They're all coming out in 2024? Oh, mean Girls is coming out next year, sorry. Okay. But not not far away. Gotcha. All of the studios have completely eliminated any music from their trailers. The Color Purple has a little bit of singing and a little bit of dancing. Just a little bit. But you wouldn't know that Mon- Wonka and Mean Girls were musicals yeah. unless you actually looked into it. Now, all the studios, for some reason, they're purposely not showing these films to audiences that they're musicals. They're not advertising it. Which I think is strange. I think they're trying. I think they they assume that people won't show up to a musical if they're not musical fans. So, it, but it's weird to make a musical and not advertise it as a musical. You have not seen Timothy Chalamet sing in any of the marketing for. You're Wonka. totally right. There's a couple of shots of like a dance number, quick shots. Otherwise, it's just dialogue. Same thing with Mean Girls. There are a couple of shots of a dances of dances here and there. No singing at all. The color purple. There's a little bit of singing, but they make they make it seem like the singing in the color purple is like one of the characters performing in front of the other characters, like it's like they're putting on a show in a scene rather than it being a musical. So the studios are hiding the fact that these are musicals. I think as a they're afraid that people won't come out and, and the box office will be low because musicals generally don't perform as well as other films. But I just think it's odd to make musicals. And not market your films as musicals. How did West Side Story do at the box office? It did okay. Honestly, I forgot Wonka was a musical until you just said it that. It doesn't look like a musical. And I remember yeah. it was going to be a musical. And I remember seeing behind the scenes of Timothy Chalamet singing on top of a carriage and yeah. just like having fun. And I, I totally forgot it was a musical. How, You're do right. you, how do you not show him singing at all in the trailer? It doesn't make any sense. And early reactions for Wonka have been coming out saying that it's actually really fantastic. And his singing is wonderful. And his performance is really charming and excellent as Wonka. And they're also pointing out that there is a lot of singing and dancing. It is a full-on musical. So they are portraying their films as non-musicals. It's interesting because the, a musical character, the lead, it's their most exciting moments are when they're singing and dancing. And then when you watch the trailer for Wonka, you're like, oh, I mean, it, it looks fine, but the performance is like, it looks reserved almost to what yeah. I thought Wonka was going to be like. But I, now I want to see Timothy Chalamet singing the trailer. I, I mean... If I saw a trailer of it being a musical, I would be more excited to see it, personally. Yeah. I I think it's strange. And same thing with the Mean Girls trailer. Not a single moment of singing. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. I get it. No singing at all. That's interesting. You see a couple shots of dances. And then the color purple, same thing where it looks like it's just a performance in a scene. Same. I didn't know it was a musical. Rather than It looks like one of the characters is like a singer, but it's actually a full-blown musical as well. Odd stuff, man. So they're I I think they... Uh, it's just weird. It's weird marketing, in my opinion. It's strange. It is odd. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of marketing, <laughs> DC better get their game together because Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, it's tracking for a rough 40 to $50 million opening weekend on Christmas weekend. And Christmas is on a Monday, right? Yes. So that's, this is going to be really a five-day opening weekend, and yeah. that's really low for a $250 million movie, which this is now. And the, the first film made a yeah. billion dollars, so I think they're counting on you know that fan base showing up for Aquaman 2. I like the first Aquaman movie. I'm not super enthused about the story going forward. I'll check it out for sure. But, you know, I, I think DC's in trouble if this is what... Because obviously The Flash was such an underperformer. This looks like it's going to be another underperformer. And we all know the reboot's happening with Superman Legacy. So I'm really interested to see what this does. But again, this is going to be a four- to five-day holiday weekend, and that's insanely low. That that would be low for a three-day normal weekend. Yeah, and it. I mean, to be tracking at around half of the first film's box office is horrible and with an extra day i think that audiences general audiences are just tired of superheroes i think it's really showing lately the last six months it's just really showing and people are just getting a fizz it's fizzling out and i think that aquaman performed really well with a billion dollars but i knew it wasn't going to do that the sequel so we'll see I, i i don't see superhero movies i don't think that they should be made for 300 million dollars anymore they really shouldn't because they're not going to be putting up the numbers they used to. It's obviously the evidence of it's been like the last half of this year has just been very disappointing numbers for all of the superhero films. Yeah, but I mean, this is a movie that was greenlit three years ago in production two years ago. And year I mean, ago, if so you're it's coming yeah, out, if your movie makes a billion dollars, they're going to be like, let's make a huge sequel. Obviously, especially yeah, especially with uh, how that big push that DC did the last couple of years, obviously with the Flash and everything. But I mean, it is what it is. I think there's just the lack of interest. I think you're right. I think, I think people are just getting tired of the superheroes. The it's Marvels, make, yeah. the first one makes a billion dollars. This new one makes under $200 million at the global box office, right? Yeah. And then Aquaman makes a billion dollars. This one's tracking under $50 million domestic on a four-day weekend. Yeah, on a holiday weekend, too. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, so I just think that, you know, going forward, it looks like superhero movies they should really be well you're right the fan base is still strong yeah. there's still a lot of people like it's a lot of money to go for a movie you yeah. know what i mean it's still yeah. if your movie gets 50 million dollars over a weekend that's a lot of money but when your budget's so ballooned out of proportion exactly. to that, then you're not making profit but like if their budgets were 100 million dollars that's be fine successful. that's good but this movie's like hunger games yeah. 100 million dollar budget yes exactly 50 million dollar opening week, opening weekend i Killed think it. yeah i think that studios going forward should stop spending as much money as they are on superhero films because it doesn't i mean and also audiences are craving something different this year showed that barbie and oppenheimer their huge success showed that audiences you know they want something new and and Oppenheimer made $50 million opening weekend, but then for two months, it just destroyed continuously. So Aquaman, obviously, this movie, like all the other superhero movies lately, they're going to be front-loaded. And so Aquaman is going to make 40 to 50 opening weekend, and then its second weekend, I guarantee, will drop to $10 million. So Probably, yeah. It's not going to have legs, and this is just showing that, you know, audiences, we're looking for new stories to see, new things to see. Same. Same, bro. Yeah. Same. But there is one superhero property that's doing very well, and that's The Boys, which released its first image of Homelander for season four online. And for superhero 
for the superhero genre, this is the top of the, I think the top of the mountain at the moment. Yeah, it wasn't a revelation of anything specific. It's just an over, behind the shoulder, behind the head shot of Homelander in some sort of office. It's a cool shot. It's, a it's pretty exciting. It's a little tease. But I'm curious what he's up to. He's up to something. He's, it looks like he's scheming. He's, he's scheming always. something. But also, the boys are going to get a spinoff in the works in addition to Gen V. They are getting the Boys Mexico spinoff in the works with Gael Garcia Bernal and Diego Luna leading the production in terms of development as well as they're hoping to be well, plan to be leads in it as well. Yeah, we'll see. That would be a lot that's of That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Plus, it, them it, two it, are just it, it best said, buds for life, yeah. so that's so cool they're working together again. From what I read, they're not looking to be leads, but just small supporting okay. roles. But being involved as producers completely. It's very cool. Yeah, very cool. Next up, so the box office is going to be resurged with another concert film this weekend. <laughs> Beyonce's Renaissance Tour is going to hit theaters this weekend. Liv, Liv was there. I saw her yeah. in her stories. And then uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift walked the carpet to promote it. They're clever. They just they work together on it. Yeah. yeah, so the Renaissance Tour is expected to bring in $5 million for Thursday night. So we're recording this ahead of schedule. We can't do the box office report accurately this episode. And also speaking of AMC, they're doing a re-release of two Christmas classics. So Die Hard will be re-released. In AMC? In AMC theaters starting on December 8th. Are we, are we going? We're absolutely going. And it will run for about a week. And then Love Actually will actually be coming out the next week after that for the middle of December for an entire week-long run. So... If you're going to AMC theaters lately, you'll be seeing trailers for Love Actually and for Die Hard's re-releases. Hell yeah, I didn't know about Die Hard. Yeah, and Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. And then The Abyss, James Cameron's film, is getting a re-release on December 6th for two days. That's very on, cool. At AMC theaters. I want to see that. I haven't seen The Abyss in a while, but yeah. underrated film. Underrated movie. Let's move on to Godzilla Minus One. It's a giant hit with critics and fans hitting theaters in the U.S. on December 1st. The kaiju feature is being hailed as among the best of the iconic franchise's 70-year history. I haven't checked it out yet. The trailer looks awesome, but they dropped a new one yesterday. really, really good. Yeah, it's supposed to be really fantastic, and I'm looking forward to it. It looks like a fun new take on Godzilla, and CGI looks outstanding. And then it's just like, it's a Japanese production. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. I thought it was going to be a streaming release. So the streamer is the TV show with the Russells. Yeah. And that's out on Apple TV right now. Gotcha. I just saw them. Uh, I was at the gym and they were on Good Morning America. The two of them it was very cute. <laughs> that must be so it, fun. Ru- Kurt Russell looked like such a proud dad. He was like, <laughs> Wyatt Russell was talking, and then he, Kurt Russell was just like looking at him, like <laughs> proud I made, dad I made vibes. This guy, I made, look what I did. Look at this, <laughs> my, my my boy. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boy! <laughs> my son! I thought it was so smart that they cast Father and Son it's for awesome. that show. Yeah, very smart. For a TV Do they sh- play Father and Son in the show as well? No, they play the same, but play the same character. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so, I, so all right. they play the same role. How about you move us into the new uh, King Dynasty news? Yeah, we got some MCU news. So Avengers King Dynasty is still a go. I guess they're not switching the flip, flipping the switch, and they're not going Doctor Doom's road. Don't switch that flip. So they got a new writer, Loki, and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness writer Michael Waldron will be taking over responsibility of writing Avengers: The King Dynasty. So I guess they're gonna keep it going. I thought they were gonna go Doctor Doom and Swift Swift. Swi- Maybe they'll recast. King. They'll probably recast him. Seems like it. Yeah. Seems like it's so, even though... I mean, technically, you could cast anyone as king. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess, but Major's trial has been going on all week. Like, it's officially... Oh, right now. They have the jury going, and so that'll be happening this week. Oh, damn. Upcoming, so... 
who knows what's going to happen, but they're just going forward with Kane. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can just cast anyone to replace it, and it's not going to be – it won't even be a problem continuity-wise because yeah, Kane true. can take any form. So, yeah, yeah that's a good point. I next, think that they shouldn't be afraid to cast characters in, in their roles anymore. Like, I feel like the MCU has been reserved about that. In term, reserved about what? Recasting. Oh, recasting. Yeah. yeah. It's always been a thing. Yeah. It's always happened. Uh, no one will care. Next up, we got the first character posters for House of the Dragon Season 2. No way. I did not see these. Yeah, of our two leads. And they are ready for war. I can't wait for this. It looks fantastic. It's not coming out till later next year. But this is a fun tease to check out. Look at the posters. They're really fantastic. Oh, man. I can't wait. I cannot oh, yeah. wait. My guy Damon's going to be coming in hot. Oh, my man. God. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so epic. This is sick. Yeah, I can't looking, wait. Man. Yeah, that don't show they look great? is so freaking good. Yeah, these yeah. are great posters. Speaking of Max, talking about Warner Brothers now, David Zaslav, the CEO of Warner Brothers, says that canning Batgirl was absolutely necessary. And he, in quote, what content is going to help us win? The content that wasn't, we made a strategic decision on it. It was difficult and it was painful, but I think it was the right decision for the company and it was necessary to get rid of Batgirl. So they think that it wouldn't have helped the company, so they instead wrote it off as a tax write-off. I want to see it, honestly. I want to see it. I kind of want to see it. I want to, like, a group of people should, like, break into the Warner Brothers headquarters and get to the servers and download them. I know, And right? release it online. That would be fun. I'm sure it's somewhere. I bet you one of them has it somewhere, but they don't, they don't want to get sued into oblivion. Mm -hmm. You know, they probably got it at their home on their laptop or something, or an early cut or something. But someone has something. I'm just so yeah. curious. I know it's probably not going to be very good. Based off the the people, what people said, the production set photos and everything looks like a CW production. That's you know that's the meme that's going around. I still would be curious to see it. Yeah, I still would be curious. I just want to know, like, I want to know that they made the right decision in canning it. Everybody, everybody's curious about it. They should have just dropped it on Max just just to do it. No, they couldn't get that tax break. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Those loopholes, man. It's fucking wild. The tax loopholes in the film industry. Moving on to some Universal news with Oppenheimer. So we all know that. Christopher Nolan's a huge fan and promotes physical physical copies of movies. And Oppenheimer's 4K disc release happened. It was so in demand it went out immediately. You couldn't you couldn't find a copy anywhere. Yeah, Online, I, the, the like the sale was just like boom. It was like a Ticketmaster seller. I could only really find them on eBay, and they're probably overpriced right now too. Thirty bucks for Blu-ray, but I'd rather have the 4K UHD. So the demand is sky high, and they're just. Trying to restock for the Christmas season, for the holiday season. They're doing their best, but... They're going to make so much money. I didn't even try to get it. I want one eventually, but I'm like, I'm not going to deal with the stress. of Like, I couldn't get it. I didn't get it. Like, it's mm -hmm. just going to be too hard to get one of those copies. I'm going to get one for Christmas. It might be like... It'll be the, my Christmas present yeah. to myself. It's exciting because this never used to be really a big headline. It used to be back in the day yeah. of like DVD sales, this thing... Things selling out. out. You You'd have to get, get the Best Buy ASAP to yeah. get a new copy. But I haven't heard this kind of headline in like five to ten years of like... People, a, a movie in demand for a physical copy, but I only love Nolan, to hear, man. I love to hear it. Only fucking Christopher Nolan. That's the can thing do with this. Nolan; it's insane. He's so he's got so much pull. What it's so it's unbelievable that, that they're so they sold out of 4K discs in a. When was the last time that happened? I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe Endgame. Maybe I guess Endgame. maybe yeah maybe. I love it. It's we got some awesome. Alien news though. For alien both, Romulus news for yeah. both the movie and TV show. Tell us the the Alien Romulus. News, Anthony. So it's been revealed that Fede Alvarez's upcoming film, Alien Romulus, will actually take place take place between Alien Covenant and Alien. However, the film will neither be a prequel nor a sequel to either story. It will just take place in the time period between. That's what I figured because I know there's no connection to the yes. movies. 
in terms of story and characters or anything like that. I just assume that, yeah, that, that makes the most sense because that's the largest time period for yeah. the movie to take place in, in terms of the lore. Yeah, so all the films combined. So that, that'll be the setting. So it'll be, I think it makes sense because it'll be like another group of people who encounter the xenomorph. You know what I mean? Well, I the hope so. Well, because the xenomorph has to have been formed by then. And so it's unrelated. However, they're obviously encountering the same monster. Yeah. So David will have to have created the xenomorph. Yes. And it had to have gotten off that planet where the engineers had their temple and everything in their city. Maybe maybe they'll also encounter the crashed ship. And maybe it'll be reminiscent of Alien. Well, let's see. So if it's between Alien Covenant and Alien, maybe it has maybe the colonies involved somehow because obviously David would have gone to the colony. But it's not going to be a direct sequel at all. No, and it's not going to have a connection to so, it. Yeah. So they must have figured something I out. I think it's just going to be a whole a separate story that also encounters the xenomorph. And not worry about explaining where it came from. Exactly. All right. Simple. Or maybe they do. Simple. Maybe they came with an idea of that could connect it somehow for a reason for the xenomorph to be wherever the the cast is taking place with the yeah. the action and everything. Yeah, maybe the catalyst of the whole plot. I love catalysts. But if yeah, if the xenomorph's not in it, I'm not I'm not about this. The movie. xenomorph's in it. It's called Alien. Just saying, it's got to be in it. It's got to be in it. All right, and it better be the xenomorph. I don't want some other. Oh, looking... they know what people want. Yeah, I they want just the. Want. Give me it. Drooling everywhere. And also the Alien TV series that Noah Hawley's leading for as a showrunner, Timothy Oliphant, has just All joined right. the cast. One of our favorite TV actors the last Raylan 10 years. Raylan Givens is going to be an alien? <laughs> Fuck yeah. He's just going to be doing a southern accent with a gun. <laughs> That's all I need. That's all I need. Great casting. He's going to be awesome. I mean, if he's in it, let's go. Fuck yeah. Next up, Eli Roth's slasher film Thanksgiving has just been greenlight with a sequel already. It was a huge success, made a ton of money, and the studio is very happy with it. So they're like, let's do another one next year. So looks like we got a new horror franchise on our hands. I still haven't seen it. Haven't had time to get. Yeah, to the we've theater. been quite busy, quite busy with our quite secret busy. project, yeah. secret, secret, secret project. You'll all find out soon, but it's taking up. Some haven't time. had time to do anything. Haven't had time. Let's get into some trailers, Anthony. What do we got for trailers? So the first trailer was a Jodie Comer film called "The End We Start From," and it's uh, Mahala. Mahalia Bellows feature debut, and it's a survival dystopian film about uh, civilization uh, falling under because of intense flooding on coastal cities, and then uh, the world's just like in disarray. And she plays a new mother who's trying to raise her uh, baby during this dystopian apocalypse. All right, looks then, interesting. Then we have Jessica, Ta- J- J- Jessica Chastain. Chastain. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Chastain. In Peter Sarsgaard in Memory. So this is a... Uh, comes ca- out in yeah. January 2024. It's a character drama. Uh, and Peter Sarsgaard plays a man who is struggling with mental the mental health issue of not remembering things he does. And one of the things that happens is he often f- begins following this woman played by Jessica Chastain. However, he doesn't remember doing it. There's other things he does that he doesn't remember doing. So he's struggling to cope with the fact that he can't even remember things he half the things he does during the day. He's got amnesia. Not amnesia, but it's more of like a a health issue. I think maybe like early onset Alzheimer's or something. Gotcha. And so she's struggling to deal with this guy who she clearly has a connection with, but he can barely function on his own as a person anymore. So it looks like a really cool, intense, quiet drama. Also set in New York, so it looks really great. And we have an Ethan Hawke film? No, so it's, it's the— uh, Remember the Alive 
the plane crash movie in the Arctic Mountain with Ethan Hawke. Yes. Came out in the 90s. Yeah, so it was yeah, about yeah. a soccer team. Yeah. So this is the uh, a new adaptation of that true story. And it tells the story of the Uruguayan rugby team that, sorry, rugby team that survived a plane crash and had to endure months of freezing cold temperatures. So this is the same story as the film Alive. Uh, this is a more accurate interpretation of the true story. They changed some things with the Ethan Hawke adaptation in the 90s. And uh, the famous thing about the story is that the the rugby players began eating the frozen corpses of their fellow teammates, and that was how they survived. And so this is going to be – looks like a really cool survival story. It's a Netflix movie, so look for it on Netflix next month. Damn. So much stuff. Yeah. All right, let's get into some more news. So Killers of the Flower Moon has been named by the New York Film Critics Circle as the best film of 2023. Oppenheimer in May, December also received two awards as well. Christopher Nolan won Best Director. Looking forward to awards season, I hope man. that's a preview for the Oscars. If if Nolan doesn't win Best Director, fucking and Oppie doesn't win Best Picture, never watching it again. I'm okay with Oppenheimer not winning Best Picture, but if Christopher Nolan doesn't fucking finally win an Oscar for directing, I this, it'll be fucking absurd. Or just win an Oscar in yeah. general. Yeah, or just win an Oscar, just, yeah. He has not won an Oscar. It's crazy. He's only been nominated for Director once. once. For Dunkirk. Took that one long. Time, one time. Isn't that fucking wild? It took Marty 40 years to win an Oscar. One nomination. Yeah, but he was nominated for, for director. Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and so many others. Yeah, it's true. At least he, at least he got nominations. That's but man, Palm to Or. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Speaking of horror sequels, The Black Phone, which we mentioned last month as getting a sequel, the entire cast is actually returning to, to this film. Wow. Ethan Hawke's returning so as Ethan well. So Ethan Hawke will be returning. Mason the Thomas. Grabber? Yeah, is the he- grabber. Is he coming back to life? Is this going to be most- Well, if you th- think about the black phone, he talks to spirits yeah, of the dead. There's a supernatural element to it. So Ethan Hawke's The Grabber will probably be a spirit in this. Hmm. Maybe he'll be encouraging a new protege. Maybe he possesses someone else. Yeah, maybe. So I'm looking forward to that. I liked The Black Phone quite a bit. Same. It, it was, was one of my favorite horror movies of 2022, and I'm pretty excited about this news. Yeah, it looks good. It was a very successful movie, too, for its budget. So successful. It killed. It killed. Kaken. Moving on to... Beetlejuice 2 News, Tim Burton's film, has wrapped filming. Remember, they had to just do, like, two days of filming. They had to shoot, like, a close-up of a foot or some shit. But they actually <laughs> no, they started, they started production again uh, just a few days after the strike ended, so it's been almost three weeks. So I'm sure they, they filmed a lot more, a, a bunch more things. Maybe they got even their uh, reshoots done. Maybe. It's I'm possible. Because they only had two days of filming left that that's when they had to halt production. Yeah. So maybe so they I think did they, some other stuff. I think they did a ton of stuff because it's been almost it's been three weeks. I guess there was like a good opportunity to like, hey, let's like check out what, what else. Should, what can we add should to we it? Fix? Yeah, what do what we need? We fix? Yeah, Maybe. some really interesting news though right now. <laughs> Sebastian Stan has been cast as a young Donald Trump in the new movie <laughs> called the. I keep hearing mixed things called, it's called the, the Apprentice. The Apprentice, but also the Student. I think it's probably more actually the The Apprentice. The best movie of all time. It's the tremendous movie. It's going to be the best. Uh, done by Sebastian Stan, the best actor. The best actor around. Best Everybody it. says. Everybody knows. The Apprentice is going to be great. <laughs> and the film also stars as, stars Maria Bakalova and Jeremy Strong. I think uh, Maria's playing Ivanka Trump. This is pretty interesting. Is it Ivana or Ivanka? What's, who's the wife? Ivanka. Ivanka. Okay. Is that Ivanka Trump? <laughs> <laughs> don't be an idiot Patrick <laughs> it's wild that this guy's already getting all these movies made about him I'm so curious to see the performance from Sebastian Stan I really am I think that he's a good choice I he probably a does choice. a great impression of him yeah and I mean when it comes to impressions we no one saw the 
Brendan Gleeson movie that when he yeah, acted as Trump because that was when he like first the movie was about when he got the presidency. That that movie was about him and the relationship with the FBI director. And then this one is just going to be a young Trump. It's really interesting. There's um, I'm I curious mean, as hell. Yeah, there's I a, just want to see the performance. I'm curious to see. I think Sebastian Stan was a good casting. Very good cast. <laughs> it's going to be a big movie. I think a lot of people are going to see it out of curiosity. I'll see it. It better be fucking funny as hell. Final bit of news. Sonic boys and Sonic girls out there. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 has ramped up production. We got a new image. It's rolling out now that the SAG after strike yeah. is over. It was, a, it was a fun image. They they posted a photo of the film slate with the boots of Sonic next to it. It's like a... A, like a physical model that they use on set yeah. for lighting and stuff and it was, it was just like his boots next to the film slate it's like what Alien Romulus did when they posted their rap production they had the slate with a little face on feet no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they had a face hugger oh yeah you're right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It would have been better. With I liked movie. Sonic too. Outside of all the wedding stuff in that movie, they could twenty they minutes, cut of, fifteen minutes out of that movie. But I thought it was hilarious. Let's do twenty minutes of a wedding. Like, what is going on? The sequence where he makes the fake version of himself to trick <laughs> James Marsden's character inside of his bedroom is—I was, yeah, the Ferris Bueller. I was trick, crying, yeah. laughing. It was so <laughs> the funny. Farts, yeah, so it was funny. funny. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty good movie. It was pretty good. It, it could have been. It could have been. Excellent. I still enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. But um, that wraps movie news this week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode on Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Don't forget to become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. It's the best way to support our show. You get all kinds, all kinds of perks like the ad-free version of our show at the $5 tier. Every episode posts without commercials or ad breaks, so enjoy that. Also, leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple I know you hear this from every podcast. Every show says, leave those five-star reviews, please. Please. Please leave the five-star reviews. Please, Lil. It really does help the show a lot. So if you could, we got 30,000 Spotify followers, but only 3,000 ratings, basically. Yeah. Hit that hit that five-star, please. Let's get those ratings. We need that. Bump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. And also, you know, share us with your family and friends. The best way for a podcast to grow organically is word of mouth. Let everyone know about this dope-ass movie show hosted by... These really cool identical twins. You think I'm cool? This really cool identical twin and his brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.